the teacher and the preacher this morning, but I, I want to add on to what Angie said. Bobby Connor came here the first time in 1994 and preached at the barn. Then he was preaching at Rick Joyner's church in North Carolina. Dixie and I flew back there for that meeting. He introduced us to Carolyn and such as. Well, during a ministry time, I don't remember what it was about, but how I ended up with him, and Bobby's a big guy, big, tall, physical. He picked me up like I could, Jay Tom. He picked me up and just shook me in front of God and everybody, which was fine. It didn't embarrass me. I just, he said, God wants to do something wild and crazy in Skytook. He still does. Amen, David? Okay, all right. <laughs> One story from Lawton. I prayed with the men, and one man I prayed with Friday night, and, and we had black, Indian, white, Hispanic, a mixture. Hawaiian? Canada? Okay. <clears throat> but this man said, and I can't tell you how many men I prayed for, and of course this was when I prayed for him privately. They were of illegitimate birth. Their folks weren't married when they were conceived. Now listen, that wasn't their fault, but it puts a spirit on them that makes them feel like they never really belong till that's broken and we broke them. We broke it. You can break it in the name of Jesus. But I went to pray for this man. His son's in prison. He didn't say for what, but it sounds like he's going to be in there a long time. The man I was praying for, his father's mad at him because the son's in prison, his grandson. His wife divorced him. He got the papers on his birthday. I mean, other than that, everything was fine probably, you know. That's Friday night. Well, we prayed again Saturday for most of them. And then Sunday morning, as it ended, and they have a big open area, and he was just on his knees with his hands raised, just giving praise to God. That's the picture I have of that man giving. And on Saturday, I said, I see preach on you. Oh, he said, I did have that on me when I was a kid. Or when I was young, he didn't say kid. I said, it's still there. The gifts and callings are irrevocable. Listen, what God, he's still pursuing us. Where are you going to go and run away from God? Well, in this complex world that we're living in today, Jesus Christ is still on the throne. It's okay. We still give him praise. But you know what our crazy society, one of the things they're saying? I'm not supposed to call you mothers now. It says call you birthing persons. 
That was brought up in Congress last week by a distorted sister, I'll say. That's the world we live in. You birthing persons, you. No, you sweet mamas. Praise God for mothers. Praise God for mothers. We could all tell our stories. I may tell a little bit about it. My mom could do anything. I want to talk about some women in the Bible first, and then I want to preach. My idea of the hero today <clears throat> in biblical women, and I've, I've preached about several of them. <clears throat> I've used the Proverb 31 woman. I've preached on Hannah more than once, I know. A great woman of God. But this one, her name means wild goat. You know who that is? Wild goat. That's the kind of women we need today. Ah, uh, you can't guess her name. But let me just start with these women. Dixie's really wondering where I'm going now. <clears throat> what kind of an example I'm going to make out of her before this is over. I'm blessed with my little honey here. But what about Sarah? Married to her half-brother? You know, we know she's barren for a long time. From For the last 25 years, we knew about her, but she'd been married way before that. She'd been probably barren 50 years. I mean, she was 90 when Isaac was born. But we got an Isaac. Here's a woman that's the mother of Isaac. Isaac ties us to Abraham is where we come into the covenant of God with Abrahamic covenant. I mean, where God uh, started this people. And I could preach on every one of these, but I've got several I want to mention. But you know, Isaac grows up and um, he needs a wife. And that's where Rebecca comes in. That's his cousin. That's his cousin. You know, how God works all these things. And you know, from out of the union of Isaac and Rebekah comes Esau and Jacob. And you know that story. Jacob was the eldest, but Jacob was just a few minutes behind him. And God had told Rebecca, that the younger would serve the elder. No, the younger, the elder would serve the younger. Let me say it that way. And as the story goes, as they grew up, it come time for the father's blessing to be passed to Esau. But Rebecca stepped in. Now she thought she was doing what God wanted to do because she knew the younger was to really get the blessing. But... You better let God work out what the way he wants to work it out. So she intervened and she told Jacob, no, you go in and disguise as your brother and get that. And you know, Jacob deceived his father. He got the blessing. But then 
strife in family is bad and you can imagine with, with how it was with Jacob and Esau so Esau, Jacob had to leave but Isaac blessed him again as he was leaving even though he had deceived him he still blessed him so Sarah was barren for many years Rebecca was barren for 20 years. And Isaac said, really prayed for her, and she conceived. It's interesting. There's several barren women in Scripture. You know how many? It names seven. Seven. So, Jacob leaves home. He goes to Uncle Laban's. And the first thing he runs into is his beautiful cousin, Rachel. Who's a prop? Who's taking care of the sheep? He makes a deal with Uncle Leban to marry her. I'll work for you for seven years. They do a, make an official agreement on that. And most of us, and if you don't read it very, very carefully, we think he worked seven years before he got her. But I don't believe that's true. I, I believe he's. He said. You know, I've served my time. I mean, he'd, he'd waited. There had been some time when they made that agreement. Maybe it was a month. I, I don't know what. Because you can't go seven years and then have all those children born in only the 20 years that he was there. But anyway, regardless of that, here's Rebecca or Rachel. And you know what? Rachel was barren. For a long time. There's three. Three godly women. I've got three godly women in my life. I've got godly women here. I had two very godly grandmothers. I mean, praise God for godly women. Listen, they have kept the church going. Because men, too many times, have been AWOL. You've been absent. But women have kept it going. But you can imagine the battles they went through because it was just looked at in that day and time as a curse if you didn't have children. But see, God's always got a plan. It's His timing. It's not man's timing. <clears throat> and you know the deception that when Jacob married Rachel, I don't know what kind of wedding services they had in that day and time. You must get married in a dark tent because when you wake up with her sister instead of her, I don't understand that process. Can you imagine the honeymoon night and then daylight comes? That surely wasn't a hangover. You know, that's, is that really what has happened? Well, let me tell you what's happened. Whatever you sow, you reap. Oh, the deceiver got deceived he deceived his dad now he's deceived he's furious well the older's got to get married first you just work another seven years go ahead and complete leah's week and then you can also have rachel but he did work the 14 years for him but even when things don't go right 
God is still in the mix. Think about Leah. Rachel's barren. Here comes Leah. Here comes Reuben. Here comes Simeon. Uh, Levi, the Levitical priesthood, comes. Then here comes Judah. King David comes out of that line. Our Lord comes out of that line. Then comes uh, Issachar and uh, Zerubbabel. I mean, Leah has six sons. That's half of the 12 tribes. The trickster. I mean, the one he didn't want. And yet, look what God did with it. Look at those things that didn't work out the way you thought they ought to work out. And let's let God turn it on. Eddie, turn that fan on over here, would you? Lord, we just give you praise. We give you thanks. But out of those sons. And then finally, Rachel gets pregnant. And here comes Joseph. Somebody's got to get sold into Egypt. Somebody's got to be down there to save the Hebrews when they're getting starved out. Then comes Benjamin, and Rachel dies. But see, these women, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, their wives, what they, what they went through, what God's doing in it. But then the next one, and the, the other four tribes came from those two sisters' maids. Each one of them had two sons. Uh, Dan and Nathaptuel and Gad and Asher. <clears throat> There's another barren woman in Scripture and she has a famous son and the woman's name isn't even mentioned. You know who it is? It's the, it's the wife of, of uh, let me say his name right, of uh, Manoah. Come on, you know who it is. She gave birth to Samson. Samson judged Israel for 20 years. We know Samson just because of his lustful ways and how his life went away. But he did judge Israel. But think, talk about regrets. Think about what his life could have been. Could have been. There's a little, you know, he killed the Philistines. Little boy goes to Sunday school and he comes home. And his dad said, uh, "What was the sermon about? What was it about?" He said, "I don't know, but said one of those guys took the jawbone of a donkey and killed ten thousand or a thousand of those Phillips guys." And he's talking about Samson killing the Philistines. But there's another barren woman, and then uh, there's another one. You know, but Samson had a Nazarite vow on him. His, his mother was told, no wine, no strong drink for him, eat nothing unclean, no haircuts. And he judged Israel for 20 years. But the next one is Hannah. You know her story. Her husband also had another wife, and she could have a baby every spring. And Hannah was barren, and yet she was his favorite wife. 
And when they went up, they went to the feast, like we have celebrate the feast. They went up to the feast. Eli thought she was drunk. She was so crying out. She was so broken. Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Listen, you want to do something with God? Tell him whatever you get. Pray. Pray this. God, whatever you've really got in your heart, you pray. God, you give it to me. I'm going to give it back to you. And you use it and see what he'll do with it. Instead of just give it to me, God, and let me look good. Lord, I'm going to give it back to you. And you make something out of it. There's an, n another one. Well, but of course, let me, let me say this about Hannah. Who did she raise? Come on. You know, you're flunking Bible school this morning. It's Samuel. Samuel gets to anoint David. He was a, a mighty leader in Israel. And after she weaned him, she took him to Levi, who I wouldn't want to took my kids to because his two boys, there's nothing good said about them in Scripture. Eli, did I say wrong? Okay. She took him to Eli. And he wasn't a, I mean, he was a good man, but he didn't correct his kids. He didn't correct his sons. But the next one, her name's Micah, but we pronounce it, it's pronounced Michelle, and that was Saul's daughter that David married, David's first wife. But she was barren, but she never had children. And you can't really prove it in Scripture, but it's taught that she didn't because she made fun of David dancing and praising God, the things Angie's talking about. When they've come bringing the temp, the uh, ark into the, the tent when they started the tabernacle of David. He was rejoicing before God and, and she just spoke down to him, had spite on him and was childless the rest of her life. She never had a child. Well, there's, there's one more. Now you surely know who that is. John, you're flunking. I'm telling you. It's Elizabeth. <laughs> She's surrounded by John's back there. <coughs> Zachariah's wife. And here's Zachariah. And see, he's a descendant of Le Levi, one of Leah's boys. How these things, these women's children ha have gone on. But she's an old lady. He's an old man, and he's a priest, and he's serving in the temple, and he has this vision, <clears throat> and the Lord strikes him mute because he told him, I'm going to give you a son. And he says, how is he going to do it? He said, okay, I'll show you. you just, you're mute because he didn't believe what the angel told him. But see, <clears throat> listen, Elizabeth had been barren all of her life because God has always got a time and place to bring forth what he wants to do. And it wasn't time yet for John the Baptist to be born. So she had to be barren. 
until that time. It had to be a supernatural event. Listen, I'll tell you why you're, you're not excited about what God's doing. You're not telling about what He's doing in your life. And if He's not doing anything in your life, you need to repent and get right with God. He's moving in the earth. He's moving in everybody's life that'll let Him. Your friends, they th you can't witness to them. They don't want to come to church with you because they look at you and you look just like them. What's the difference in you and your unsaved neighbors? What's the difference in our lives? Well, we go to church. There's got to be more difference than that. We've got to know that we have a God within us and He's working out things in our lives that are different. Amen, David? Come on, come on, David, help me. See, God is on the move. He wants to be. Amen. Whether it's in Skytook, whether it's on your job. Oh, let me tell you. It could be in your home. He wants to move in your home. You're, you can judge your spirituality by your spiritual level in your house. How you act at home. Thank you, sister. I'm glad you're here this morning. God's on the move. God's on the move. Let me just throw that away. I want to go back to Judges. There's a lady there called Deborah. Godly lady, a mighty lady. She judged Israel for 20 years. Don't think God hadn't always used women. Come on. I'm telling you, religion has wanted to shut down women. God used women. Deborah said she judged Israel. She sat under a palm tree. And they, you know, she's smart enough. She's getting in the shade. If they had an issue, they'd come to her. And she judged Israel. But they were under, Israel was under servitude of the Philistines. Listen, every time... Israel would go whoring after other gods. God just send an enemy in and they'd rule over them. And let me tell you, America's closer to that than you think. Come on. And it's our fault. Quit blaming just the government. That's us. But she says, she called out Barak. And she says, gather up 10,000 men. God says he, he's ready to free Israel. You get 10,000 men and we'll do it. And we'll go. And he says this. Deborah, I'll go if you'll go. I'll go if you'll go. Well, you can look down on Barak. His name's, it's really pronounced Barak. You can look down on him. <clears throat> But I believe, and, and listen, we didn't talk about this. We've got a prophetic lady coming in this next week. I challenge you to get your schedule clear. She'll be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night. She'll be here for you ladies Saturday morning. And God's got more in that than you know about. Time out. Men, we've got a meeting tomorrow night at 6.30. Hamburgers, Robin Andrew cooking for us. Some other goodies. We got a speaker. So let's come. Okay, back to Deborah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Brock says, I'll go if you'll go. 
And we've looked down on him of not being a man of faith. But listen, he knew she had the Word of God. I don't, I'm not sure about that, but you've got to give him some room in that. She said, well, the battle will be known as a, a battle that a woman won. <clears throat> he still did it that way. <clears throat> but the story goes on that they have this great battle. But there's a man named Heber, and he's a relative of Moses' father-in-law. And he, he's on both, he's on, of course, with Israel, but he's moved off way away from them. And he knows these Philistines. He knows Jabin, the king of the Philistines. He knows uh, Caesarea, who uh, leads the army. And they have this great battle. And every Philistine is killed except one man. Caesarea, the leader of the army. They had such a mighty army. They had 900 iron chariots. How they made iron, got all that going that day and time, that's interesting, isn't it? Caesarea gets away. He runs. He escapes. But Barak is pursuing him. They pursue and kill all those people. Then he pursues him. But you can imagine this man. He's been in a battle all day. He's run, he thinks he's get away. And he comes to where this Heber lives, who's a relative of Moses' father-in-law. And he's running and tired. And Heber's wife comes out, and her name's J.L. Say J.L. J.L. comes out and says, come in here. Come in here. And he comes into her house. He says, hide me. She puts a rug over him. He lays down exhausted. He said, give me a drink. I'm, I'm dying. I'm thirst. She gives him milk. I think that helps him go to sleep quicker than the water would have. He goes to sleep. She takes a tent peg and a hammer. Walks over to him. Puts it to his temple. And drives him to the ground. Listen. That's my hero woman for today. The wild goat, J.L. And I'm telling you, we need that in this nation. We need that in this nation. It's time for the church to be on offense instead of, oh, we're just holding on. We're, and so many, you know what they're saying? Rapture come, get us out of here. To hell with the rest of them. Just save us. Listen, God wants to save them. God wants to save them. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will may come is welcome to Ascension Church. That's the world we live in today, that we need the JLs. We're, we've got to get on a fence. Listen, we've all fought our battles. We've all walked through things we wish we hadn't have had to walk through and I, I challenge you, you can read that whole story in judges four and it's a it's an interesting story but we've got to fight our battles today christian couples send their high school graduate off to college 
80% of them, 80%, 8 out of 10, the first year give up their Christianity. Listen, our adversary has so, the socialist, the communist movement has sown into the colleges and university for years. You can't find a conservative professor to turn the hearts and the minds of those kids. We had one here years ago, in his, and he was strong. Wanted, kind of wanted to preach, and his dad told me, he said, he went to college, and he said, Gerald, they've changed him. And when I met him, they've changed him. They turned him. He's just as liberal as he used to be strong, conservative. And it's not just liberal and conservative, it's God or Antichrist is what it's about. But that's the system we're living in today, and look, we've let it get away from us. That's the world we're living in today. In Oklahoma City, 10 years ago, Bernie Sanders, George Soros, we heard this yesterday, opened an office, put people in it to help turn people and get Antichrist people that would run for the school board, get on the town council, get elected. Listen, there's been Muslims in the government way back but not just Muslims, just communists. See, they, they start out, they, get, they infiltrate, they get in places, and you know what? We've been over here saying, come rescue us, Lord Jesus, get us out of this mess. It's looking a little clearer to me why Donald Trump didn't get reelected. God's going to hang us out a little longer. The church is going to cry out. We've got to keep crying out. I, I wish he was president. I wish he was. But that's not where we're at today. But yet, all things work together for good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So this is supposed to be working good for us. So glory, hallelujah. This is where we're to walk, walk it out and be who God's called us to be. Now, we, we've all had our battles. We've, we've walked through things. But God's got some more for us. Luke 16, 56, Jesus said this, You know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but you do not analyze this present time. You do not analyze this present time. This is the time for the church to stand and we have the answer. But we've got to have a voice against the other. And we listen to that junk and we don't say a word. We just say, I'll go home and pray. Well, it's time you do something besides just pray. It's time to make that stand. And listen, we've all, we've, we've fought our battles. People can change. My mother, I said she's capable of anything. But you know, she battled her demons. My two brothers and I, years ago as adults, went to her and talked to her just to be sure she was saved. I mean, she taught Sunday school and sang in the choir. 
But I just, we just wanted to hear her say that. You had those conversations? You need to maybe have them with your kids or your parents or your siblings. What about those working with you? We've got to have those conversations. This is life. This is where we live. Praise God for my mother. I had the right mother. She got married and she was 16. A week before she was 18, I was born. She had to get married at 16. She had to get ready because God had a time for me to be born in Sky too. He's got a time for you. It's a time for you to be who He's called you to be. Lord, we just bless you. People can change. Listen, to, I can't tell you how many communist groups there are working underground. We had a man here come and sing years ago. Had been a homosexual. He wrote a lot of famous songs. His name is Dennis Jernigan. He got set free. You remember that? He came here, did a, a service one night. But, you know, I know what he did while he was here before the service. He went back by himself in one of them back classrooms. I know he got on his face. But there was a man who had been a homosexual, and last time I heard, he had a house full of kids. His life got changed. But see, until we admit <clears throat> our sin, until we deal with our issues, we're not going to go anywhere. And listen, the church, uh, you don't need to go to Africa to, to the mission field. The church is a mission field. When someone from Ascension Church can leave a spouse and go get pregnant and da-da-da-da-da, we've got a mission field right here. What about Sky Took? But what about the church? <clears throat> and why the church is, why it's supposed to be? I'm telling you, the leadership is even, we've got to go get healed up. I, to, I, I may have told you this. I know, I guess I didn't. Two weeks ago, we were in, uh, in Branson at that lead meeting. And I prayed for a, a lady. I wish we had a hundred more just like her right here because I've heard her pray and such as. But I got to pray for her. And in that, found out, praying a father's blessing over her, that she was, she came out of a rape situation. Her mother got Raped. She said her dad come home in Vietnam drunk, raped, I guess his girlfriend. And that's where she come from. And yet, see, she still lived with some of that that she's got to get free of. She's got to, we've got to get healed up on the inside before we can be who we're supposed to be. I prayed for a lady down there last week that the week or two before had had a demonic manifestation in their service. I, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I prayed for her, and uh, she was hard to make contact with. And I prayed a Father's blessing over her, and I didn't get much response from her. She was just pretty tied up. 
I said, look at me. I said, let me le represent every man that's ever hurt you. And I ask you to forgive us all. And when I said that, she broke. See, because of the wounds she's carrying from hurts all throughout her life. I'm telling you, we got to get healed up. We got to get healed up. See, God forgives sin. But I, I'm going to read you some, some more verses here in a minute. Let's see. Put up that scripture in uh, Revelation, would you? Revelation 21. Just a few verses. And he who sits on the throne, and we all know who that is, said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the who thirst from the springs of living water without cost. Anybody thirsty? Come on, that's supposed to be us. We're supposed to hunger and thirst for Jesus, to know the living Christ. It's not about religion and church. It's about knowing Jesus first. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I'll be his God, and he will be my son. There are rewards. You got He that believes, he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, we love those verses, but no one in here has got verse 8 marked as their favorite verse. But for the cowardly, Listen, you can be in church and be saved and be cowardly in some ways. You can be saved and be unbelieving in some ways. You can be abominable, murderers, immoral persons, sorcerers, idolatries, and all liars. We confess, oh yes, I'm rightly related to God. All liars, their part will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Read uh, verse 27, that same chapter. This is talking about in the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, that great new city that's coming down. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying, here's liars again, shall ever come into it. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. I know the Lord reminded me of Dennis Jernigan. Just a man. I had to ask Dixie's name. I said, what was that guy's name we had there years ago that wrote all those great songs? 25 years ago, he was a leading uh, praise leader and songwriter. But he got set free and he was public with his story. But see, when we lie and deny it shuts things off we've got to be honest with god all li no liar is going to be in heaven is what it says and we've all lied we better repent we we've got to get honest with god how is jesus leading and influencing your everyday life what's the difference in your life and your lost neighbor there ought to be something that God's doing in you, whether it's 
not public. Maybe it's not public, but it's something you know that God's doing. What did he say to you this morning when you read, I don't always hear when I pray. I don't always get a word when I read, but it helps me. Sometimes I do, but I don't always. Amen. That's right. That's the Holy Ghost in her. See, she's not going to give up. She's going on. She's going on. But see, it, it costs you. Jesus chose you for this day and time. This is your time. Hebrews 7.25, I've been working on that verse. Therefore, He is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through Him. There's no way to God except through Jesus Christ. No church, no denomination can save you. It took the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. We've gotten too far away from the cross. We've gotten too far away from the person of Jesus Christ about God's overall plan for mankind that He loved us so much. And then you, <clears throat> you read that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. God got on the cross. God says, you're guilty. You're going to hell. And he said, no, wait a minute. I'm going to pay the price myself. It still took the blood of Jesus. We, we better get honest about our lives. It's time. It's time for judgment to happen in the house of God. One of my dad's old stories. Church was ablaze with fire and they had a bucket brigade and they were trying to put it out. This one guy says to the other one, I've never seen you at church before. He said, I've never saw it on fire before. And, and it needs to be a spiritual fire. There needs to be something going on that we can't account for. You, that's way beyond you or I making it happen. It's something only the Holy Spirit can do. It's like the Holy Spirit told Grandma, get up and go to church. I'm telling you, he's probably told you some things this morning. You, see, your conscience is the voice of God speaking to you. We know what's right and what's wrong. But it's just easy. It's just easy. God will forgive you. Listen, I have no problem. There was a man come in my office. He come to church one Sunday. I'd never seen him. He come wanted to know if he could talk to me the next day. He came and sat down in my office. He told me his story. Long story, lots of problems, troubles. He said, would you allow me to come to your church? I said, you're welcome. But you see, if he if he'd lied to me, I wouldn't trust him at all. I trust Jackson Huff. That's his story. I trust Jackson. Pray for him. He's had the flu. He's really been sick. But I trust him. But see, he's honest. We've got to be honest with God. See, it's his day. We've got to put our eyes back on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Endured the cross, despising the shame. 
You go get hung out naked before the world. And he's seated today at the right hand of God. There's a price to be paid. Jesus paid the price. Our price is little compared to his price. Come on now. It's time to take up the cross. It's time to take up the cross and follow him. And there's no salvation. You cannot earn it. You'll never deserve it. It's a, the gift of God that he freely gives if you believe that he is God's son. And the only way you can get to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't care what your past is. I don't care what it is. He'll wipe it clean. That's why I love Mary Magdalene, Jesus first appearing to her. I don't know what she'd been through, but he cast seven demonic spirits out of her. We're going to get a deliverance team in here one of these days. Help us all. See, God's got a plan, and we've deviated too far from it. We're being satisfied with just saying we're Christians. We are to make a difference in a community. We are to change the atmosphere. You're to change the atmosphere on your job. You need to go to your job and say, listen, I'm here to take over in Jesus' name. You can pray that. You, maybe you can't declare it. Maybe you don't have the authority to declare it there. You can declare it in the bathroom or somewhere. Believe it, that you're going to make a difference there. And there was a time you have to risk somebody's temporary disapproval to tell them something. We've got to have a voice. Say a voice. We've got it for everything else but for Jesus. David's starting to say amen. Come on. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Let's bless him. But we've got to deal with our stuff, see. And let Jesus be who he is. I don't know where you're at in the process, but I, I know he's calling me to just more time with him. He wants us to know him. He don't want us just to know about him. Moses knew God. The children of Israel knew about him. Let's just stand. I challenge you today. Let's be honest. With you. you can't fool God. You can fool me. You can fool your spouse. But you can't fool God. He knows all about us. He still loves us, but he hates our sin. Sin is still a bad word with God. We have got so accustomed to it in this nation that there's things that we just... The enemies made it funny in a lot of places, and we laugh instead of stand against it. Well, everybody's doing it. Why, don't, why is it not okay? Well, it's because you're blood-bought. That's why. When you pay such a great price for something, you expect something out of it. He's still king. He's on the throne. We have to get off the throne, give him some room. I challenge you today, 
There's two things in life you've, you've got to do. You've got to know you're saved. And if Jesus isn't Lord, you're not where he wants you.